you, girls. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate that. Sarah, that was good. Very good. Very good. I appreciate that. That's a blessing. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read several verses, and then I'm just going to preach or teach or whatever the Lord lays on our heart tonight. So Hebrews chapter 12 in your Bibles, when you find your place, if you're able to stand tonight, let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. Hebrews 12, and we're going to begin in verse number 12. The Bible says, Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. I really want you to look at verse number 13. I'm not preaching on this, but... Notice verse 13. And the Bible says, And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame or crippled, that one that's not as strong as you, that one that's not as spiritual as you, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way. In other words, if we walk a crooked path, then how are those who are not as spiritual as we are how are they going to make it? How, how are they going to? If, if we can't hardly get through it, how are they going to get through it? And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. And then notice verse 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness. Notice the last part. Which, without which no man shall see the Lord looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. You may be seated tonight. I don't think the subject that I'm going to touch on tonight, I don't think it, it, it is a subject that you can really preach on too much. I think it's a subject that we're struggling with in our churches I know it's definitely a subject that we're struggling with in our homes. And I think probably without a shadow of a doubt, it's an issue that we're struggling with in our nation. And the ladies sang tonight, please make our nation great again. I think probably we're going to have to deal with the issue that I'm going to talk about tonight before our nation will be great again. I think the devil's very subtle. The devil's very... Smart. And he knows exactly which buttons to push. And if he can get enough people bitter in the church, in your family, your home, he knows that he can cause a lot of havoc. And so I want to talk to you tonight about that subject, the subject of bitterness, a serious heart issue or a serious issue of the heart. Let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time and we'll jump right into the uh, lesson tonight. Father, thank you for the privilege to be back in God's house tonight. and Lord, we sure appreciate our Calvary family and, and all those that are with us tonight. And then, Lord, all those that are tuning in by way of live stream tonight, whether they're our family, our church family, or maybe others, Lord, that could be tuning in. Father, we're glad they're here tonight, glad they're part of the service tonight. And God, I pray that you would, uh, Lord, I pray that you would work uh, in the hearts of those that are under the sound of my voice in this auditorium and then, Lord, I pray as only you could, I pray that you will flow through the 
technology tonight, the live stream. And God, I pray that you would do a tremendous work, Lord, by way of those that are watching and tuning in by way of the live streams tonight. Father, have your way tonight. I pray that you'd give us power. I pray, God, that you'd fill our mind with your thoughts. I pray that you'd put your words in our mouth. God, I pray for these dear ones that I call our folk, and these that I pastor. And God, I pray that you'll bless them tonight. And Lord, help us to deal with this issue that we're talking about, this issue of bitterness. Lord, for if we don't, I, I, I really think this is one of those issues that will hold us back. Lord, it'll rob us of power. It'll steal the energy and the joy from our personal lives and from our families and our homes and, yes, from our churches. And so, Lord, I pray that you'll speak to us. Lord, one point, one truth, one illustration maybe that I could give tonight, and I pray, God, that it will find a lodging place, a resting place in the hearts or minds of our people, and I pray that it'll make a difference Father, help us, please. We love you and praise you, and we ask you for your blessing. In Jesus' name, we pray. And Heavenly Father, for his sake, we ask these things. And all God's people said, amen. I want you to notice again, verse number 15, that's our text tonight. And the Bible says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. You don't have to go there tonight. I'll just read it for you. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 29, verse number 18 says it like this, lest there should be among you man or woman or family or tribe. Well, that pretty much puts the bill, doesn't it? Uh, Whose heart turneth away this day from the Lord our God to go and serve the gods of these nations, lest there should be among you a root that beareth gall and wormwood. That idea of wormwood is what we would call poison, something that poisons, something that's poisonous or bitter. And the Bible is likening this, this root, uh, is likening it to, to poison, to bitterness. Uh, Adrian Rogers said it like this, bitter people are like this. Bitter people are like porcupines. They have a lot of good points, but difficult to be around. It's true. Uh, Bitter people are like an iceberg, often off by themselves. Most of their problem is hidden underneath. And bitter people are like a crybaby, always crying. Uh, It's always about them. I want to talk to you for a few minutes tonight, and I mean that, I I mean, I don't think we're going to be long tonight, just a few minutes tonight about this subject of bitterness. I think probably one of the more important things that a pastor or preacher will ever deal with is the subject of bitterness. It is so serious tonight. And if you're here this evening, and I'm I'm praying that by the end of this message, I'm praying that God will deal with hearts. And if you're here tonight and you are dealing with some type of bitterness, by the way, it doesn't have to be anything associated with this church family. It may not be that you are bitter against somebody in this congregation. It, it could be that you are having all in your heart against a family member. It could be that you have uh, uh, hard feelings in your heart against a, a coworker. It could be that you have hard feelings against your parents or your children or someone that hurt you years ago. And I'm just hoping and praying that before this service is out, that God will use this message to deal in your heart. And there's a reason for that. 
And the reason that I feel so strongly about this message tonight and the subject that we're dealing with tonight is because bitterness finally affects the heart. It affects the heart. I didn't say that. God said that. Bitterness, bitterness left alone will finally affect the heart of those who are bitter. I want you to take your Bibles tonight, if you will, please, and turn, uh, hold your place at Hebrews chapter 12, but I want you to turn over with me, please, to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 4, in your Bibles this evening, Jeremiah chapter 4, and I want you to notice a very powerful verse tonight. Jeremiah chapter 4, and look, if you will, please, at verse number 18. This would be a good verse for you to circle, underline, underscore, Jeremiah chapter 4, and verse number 18, notice what the prophet Jeremiah says about this thing of bitterness. Verse 18, he said, Thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. This is thy wickedness. Here it is. Because it is bitter, because it reacheth unto thy what? Thine heart. Because it reacheth unto thine heart heart. Turn back over to the book of James, if you will, in your New Testament. James chapter 3 tonight, toward the back of your Bible. James chapter number 3. And look, if you will, please, at uh, verse number 14. James 3 and verse number 14. And James gives some very stout words here in verse number 14. He said, but if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts. Glory not and lie not against the truth. In other words, don't try to sweep it under the rug. Don't try to act like this is not serious. Well, pastor, this is my problem. This is my business. Preacher, stay out of my business. And I'm not trying to get into your business tonight, but I, but I am trying to be faithful to give you what God has laid on my heart this evening. But people say, well, this is this just has to do with me and this doesn't have to do with the church and this doesn't have to do with my wife or my children and my home. But I want you to understand something that, that if you don't deal with this thing of bitterness, it will affect your children. And if you don't deal with this thing of bitterness, it will affect your marriage and it finally will affect your church and basically it'll affect every part of your life. But if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not. And lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above. Boy, this, wow. The Bible just preaches itself, doesn't it? This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is what? It is, it's earthly, sensual, devilish. In other words, if Satan comes to you and says, just, you know what? You just, maybe not verbally, but but mentally, you just tell preacher to stay out of your business. Preacher, keep your nose out of my business. And, and I'm going to tell my uh, husband to keep his uh, nose out of my business or my children to keep their nose out of my business. This is, just has to do with me and it's just hurting me. And if I want to do this, it's my business. And the Bible says that wisdom does not come from above. It comes straight from the evil one. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And Calvary, let's just put it down where we can understand it tonight. When you resist forgiving that person that did you wrong and you allow bitterness to come in, that bitterness will eventually make its way to your heart. 
If you rebel against forgiving those that have hurt you, and I, you, you say, Pastor, but you don't know what they did. I, I get it. You're right. I don't. You say, Pastor, you don't know how bad I was hurt. You don't know how that person broke my heart. You don't know how uh, what, what they did to our family and, and the things that they've said and, and the gossip that they've spread. And, and, and I, I understand what you're saying tonight, but I, I, I want to say this back to you. If you don't deal with that issue of bitterness, regardless of what it is, regardless of what they've done, regardless of what they said, regardless of how they treated you, if you and I don't deal with this issue of bitterness, it will eventually make its way into our heart and when it gets into the heart it'll defile everything in your life maybe you're here tonight and you say pastor I, I'm sort of disgruntled God hasn't been fair the circumstances of life haven't been kind to me I had someone that I loved very much and they, they died and I hear this quite often if God is so good, then why would God take my loved one? If God is so good, why would my grandfather die of COVID? If God is so good, why would my wife get cancer? If God is so good, then why would my child get leukemia? And, and, uh, and here's the thing, if you're, not, if, if you're not careful and if you don't deal with that, you know what happens? It opens up the door for Satan to come. And Satan begins to tell you, you just harbor that. Don't deal with it. Just harbor it. Just cover it up. Sweep it under the rug. You say, preacher, there was a, I had a great job and I lost that job. Preacher, I had a great income. That income went away or someone took that position from me or someone took, uh, uh, talked about us maliciously and you got hurt. You, you got a, a broken heart. Uh, but that bitterness, if you don't deal with that bitterness, that bitterness will eventually make its way into your heart. You say, preacher, not me. It will. And it will because the Bible says it will. You know what it's like? It's like, I was thinking about this tonight. I was just looking over the message before I came in here tonight and I was thinking, you know what this is like? It's like water. You ever had a pipe burst or a major water leak? How many know this? You can't contain, when you have something like that going on, you can't contain that in just one little area. It gets everywhere. It gets underneath the walls. It gets underneath the carpet. I mean, you can try to catch it. You can grab towels. You can grab the mop. You can, you know, do everything you can. But the truth of the matter is that water has a way of working into the cracks and, and working underneath the walls and going underneath the dishwasher and uh, in the cabinets and, 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 and causing a lot of damage. And I just said that to say this, that bitterness is exactly the same way. And you can, you can say, preacher, it won't affect me like it affected brother so-and-so and it won't affect me like it, like it had an impact on sister so-and-so. But the the truth of the matter is, it's going to do exactly what the Word of God says it's going to do. And if it's not dealt with, it will make its way to your heart. And how many know that heart problems are the most serious of afflictions? Brother Rodney down here is a paramedic. He knows what I'm talking about. You go to the, the ER tonight. And complain of chest pains, you know what happens? You get moved to the front of the line. You can go down here to Ireland Memorial Hospital tonight and you can walk in and complain of an ingrown toenail and I'm not belittling an ingrown toenail. They hurt. 
I've had them. They're painful. But ingrown toenails are usually not life-threatening. And so if you go to the ER and you say, I've got an ingrown toenail, they're probably not going to expedite your case to the front of the line. You can go to the ER and you can say, I, I've, uh, I was out working or cutting some wood and uh, I caught, caught a piece of tin and it, and it, uh, it gave me a pretty good cut and I think I'm going to have to have stitches. And that's serious. I'm not saying that's not serious, but I'm just saying that probably you're going to have to wait in line like everybody else. They'll probably cover it up. They'll probably put a bandage on it, but you'll have to wait. The reason being, those things are not life-threatening. But if you're having heart problems, if you walk in and you say, man, I'm, I'm having terrible chest pains. I've got shortness of breath. I've got, I've got uh, uh, pains going down my arm. You know what they're going to do? They're going to say, come right back. Why, preacher? Because sometimes heart afflictions can not only bring pain, they'll take your life. They'll take your life. They're the most serious of all the afflictions. Have you ever noticed this? Have you ever noticed that law enforcement officers don't wear bulletproof boots? Have you ever seen a law enforcement officer with bulletproof pants? <laughs> I would act that out, but I'm not going to. I, I, these poor law enforcement guys, man, they wear these, you know what I'm talking about. And you know those things in August. Oh, you know those things are so hot. But they never wear bulletproof pants, bulletproof shoes. You know what they wear? They wear a bulletproof vest. Why, preacher? To protect the chest, to protect the vital organs, and to be quite honest, to mainly to protect the heart. You see, a bullet to the foot, although traumatic, and I'm sure it would hurt like everything, a bullet to the foot more than likely won't take your life. But a bullet to the heart is more than likely, in most cases, it's going to be absolutely fatal. Bitterness is serious because bitterness finally begins to affect the heart. Years ago, we used to be heavy into deer hunting and, and enjoyed it. We used to bow hunt, used to rifle hunt, muzzle load. I mean, the whole thing. We did it all. And and you, some of you deer hunters and some of you deer hunters that are watching, you know, you can relate to this. Many a night, many a night, we would follow a little faint blood trail till two or three o'clock in the morning trying to find a deer that got shot. I'm thinking, man, it'd be easier to go to Food Line and just buy some hamburger, amen, you know? But that's part of it. I mean, that's just what you do. Somebody would shoot a deer and didn't fall and, and we'd start tracking that thing, and man, through barbed wire fences and through the honeysuckles and, and uh, the kudzu and, and uh, down in the valleys and through the creeks and, uh, you know, flashlight, you know, your flashlight batteries are going out. And sometimes we went back and got a tracking dog so a, a dog could track it and that kind of thing. And, and, and sometimes we would, track, we would track deer for hours and hours to find this deer. Now, you say, preacher, why is that? And I'll tell you why. Because when that deer got shot, it did not get shot in the vitals. That deer got gut shot or that deer got hit somewhere. It was bleeding, but it wasn't bleeding bad. And because of that, that deer uh, ran off. Sometimes miles it would run before we'd find that thing on the side of the road or somewhere. But wait a minute. It was Thanksgiving night. 
number of years ago, my father-in-law and brother-in-laws and several of us went deer hunting on Thanksgiving night. Man, we had baited, prepared. We were rattling that night. It was awesome. There was a little breeze blowing through. And it, it, I'll never forget, it had gotten completely dark. In fact, it was really time to come out of the woods. I could hear my brother-in-laws had already come down out of their, their tree stands and they were making their way up to our meeting place. And I, and I thought, well, you know, this, this is it. And all of a sudden I heard something just tearing up the woods. And I, the biggest buck you've ever seen. Beautiful. I'm not, and by the way, that's not an exaggeration. Man, it was a beautiful eight-pointer. It was a monster. That buck came right by my stand. And uh, he just, and I watched him. <laughs> you deer hunters know, you know. And, and I watched him come by, and, and it was almost completely dark, but I had just enough light. That scope, sometimes it'll draw in some light. And I got my 308 Remington up, deadly. Shoot the buzz off of a bee, buddy. I mean, it will. It's the gun the SWAT uses. I mean, it's deadly. I got that gun up, and I got it on that buck. And I know I scared my brother-in-laws to death because they were already walking up through the woods. And I shot that buck. You know what? We did not have to, we did not have to track that buck. You say, why? Because I split its heart right in two. Yeah, thank you. No, no applause necessary tonight. And wait a minute now. Seriously, though, it, it really did, by the way. That, that bullet pierced that buck's body, hit the target, and literally split its heart in two, and that buck, you know, was pretty much right there where I shot him. You say, preacher, what made the difference? It affected his heart. You say, preacher, what is the big deal about bitterness? It affects the heart. And you say, Pastor, why is this, you know, such a big deal? Why are you making such a big deal out of this? And I want to tell you tonight why I'm making a big deal out of this is because I want you to notice tonight that the heart is responsible for doing several things. How about this? Number one, the heart, first of all, your heart determines, are y'all ready? Quality of life. Now take your Bibles tonight. I want to show you something great. And turn to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number four in your Bibles. And look, if you will, please, at verse number 23, Proverbs chapter four and verse number 23. Notice what the Bible says here. Your heart determines quality of life. Proverbs four, verse 23. All right, you found your place, say amen. All right, here we go. The Bible says in Proverbs four twenty-three: keep thy, what's the word? Keep thy heart with all diligence. In other words, the writer is saying this, boy, whatever you do, whatever you do, he's, he's saying walk, and really that's the idea, walk guard around your heart. Don't allow just anything to get to your heart. Man, you're to be a blockade. That's the idea, a blockade. You're, you're to be a sentry that, uh, that just like a sentry would, 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 uh, would uh, guard a military facility. You're to be that sentry that guards your heart. And the Bible says here, keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the what? Are the issues of life. 
For Adonai, the issues of life, that word issues in the Hebrew is the word tatsa, and it means this, it means source of life. But it goes a little further than that. It means exit, end. In other words, the Bible is saying this, your heart will determine how your life is going to turn out. Your heart will determine how your life is going to end up. Hey, young people, would you hear your pastor tonight? This is, listen, this is serious business tonight. The, the, the things that you allow to affect your heart, the things that you allow to come into your life and your heart are ultimately going to have an effect. Well, you say, pastor, I'm not but 15, 16, 17 years old. I'm just telling you the things that you allow, the things that you expose your heart to are gonna affect your future life. They're gonna affect your marriage. They're gonna affect your children. They're gonna affect your ministry. They're gonna affect your thought life. They're going to affect everything about your life. And the writer is saying this, the things that you allow to affect your heart are going to, are going to determine how your life is going to end up. And if we allow our heart to become infected with bitterness, it will defile your, it'll defile your life. Now we're using our Bibles a lot tonight, but I want you to turn to Mark chapter 7. Mark chapter 7, and notice verse number 18 tonight. Mark 7, verse 18. Mark chapter 7. And the Lord Jesus Christ here is teaching a very important lesson on the exact same thing we're talking about tonight, the heart. But notice these words, Calvary. Verse 18. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him? Because it entereth not into his what? Into his heart, but into the belly. And goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. In other words, that that you take in physically, that's not going to defile your heart. That's what he's saying. Verse Number 20, and he said, that which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. Verse 21, I've got this emboldened, highlighted. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Look at verse 23. All these evil things come from where? Where do they come from? They come from within and defile the man. Now again, church, this is all I'm saying, and this is what the Word of God is trying to tell us tonight, that if we allow bitterness to come into our life, it's going to eventually make its way into our heart. And if we allow the wrong kind of things into our heart, those things are eventually going to defile our entire life. And all of us know somebody like that. I was reading an interesting story about Dr. Tony Evans. And Dr. Evans said that he was on his way home, I believe, and he was in his car, and he was, in fact, he was, uh, he was turning on his street. And as he was turning... Someone ran in, into him from behind. Well, he got out, and of course, the other person got out, and they walked to the back there where the cars had met. And Brother Evans said, I had a, I had a uh, pretty good dent in the back of my car. Wasn't terrible. Car wasn't demolished. It was just, I had a, you know, a significant dent. 
And so Dr. Evans said to this person, he said, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. He said, uh, he started reaching for his wallet and he said, we'll just trade insurance information and, and um, we'll let insurance companies connect. And the other person said, I don't have insurance. And Dr. Evans said, you know what? I had an issue on my hand. Now I've got a dent in the back of my car that I didn't cause. But it is going to inconvenience me. He said, if I depended on this person to fix the dent, it may never get fixed. And then Dr. Tony Evans said this, so you know what I did? I picked up the tab. He said, I just paid for it myself. And from then, are y'all listening, church? And from then on, I didn't have to drive around with a dent in my car. I wonder how many people in our churches are walking around right now all dented up. Waiting on somebody else's insurance package to, to, to fit the bill waiting for someone else to apologize, waiting for someone else to come to them, waiting for someone else to, to do something out of the, out of the ordinary. And for, and for that reason, they go for 10 and 15 and 20 years. Yes, I'm preaching good tonight, amen. And they go through the rest of their life and they're all dented and dinged up. And the truth of the matter is, what we ought to do is just pick up the tab ourselves and say, I'm not holding on to that. I'm not gonna hang on to that for the rest of my life. Okay, so you did something that's between you and the Lord, but I'll be switched if I'm gonna go through the rest of my life and let my life be ruined because I'm gonna be bitter for the rest of my life. No, sir, hey, just pick up the tab tonight and let God take care of it. Amen. Your heart determines quality of life. Hey, how about this one, Calvary? Your heart determines quality of language. Turn over with me, please, to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 6 and verse number 45, so important. Luke 6, verse 45. Notice what our Bible says. Your heart determines not only quality of life, how your life's going to end up, but it determines quality of language. Luke chapter 6, verse 45 says, a good man out of the good treasure of his, what? Of his heart. Bringeth forth that which is, what's he bring forth? That which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. Watch now. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. Have you ever met someone who just had a hard time finding anything good to say? Now, you know what your mama taught you. If you can't say something good, don't say anything at all. Amen? Amen. But you know what I'm talking about? You work with some of them. You've probably got a few in your family. And it just seems like sometimes, it, and you don't, but sometimes you just want to grab them. And you just want to say, can you ever say anything positive? Man, sometimes I want to say that to folks at the church. 
Forgive me for being just a little bit carnal tonight. But I mean, folks being saved, people being baptized, God's performed a miracle on this hill uh, to no end, unexplainable. You can't even explain it. And yet we have people who want to look at the negative and the bleak and the bad. Man, why don't you get your heart right with God? All right, I'm done. I'm going to get back to the sermon outline now. Always complaining. Always speaking bad of others. Church, they can't be that bad. Always involved in evil speaking. And then when you confront them about it, they say this, well, that's just the way I am. You know what? They're exactly right. You know what the problem is? It's a heart problem. Amen. It is a heart problem. God never saying anything good to his wife. Well, you burn the biscuits again. Well, why don't you cook them? Constantly criticizing her husband. Constantly criticizing the children or children constantly criticizing the parents and always saying something bad. You know what? Boy, the choir wasn't on it today, were they? Boy, preacher must have really not studied this week. Man. Well, I guess we need to pray and fast for the Sunday school teacher. Boy, he laid an egg again, didn't he? Uh, may I ask a question? How many times have you taught a class? I'm sorry, what did you say? Zero. <laughs> Constantly, defilement pours out. Truth is, there's no excuse except one. It's an issue of the heart. Because whatever's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. We're having a good time in God's house tonight. Aren't we? And so your heart determines Quality of life, your heart determines quality of language. We're done tonight. But how about this number three? Your heart determines qualification for salvation. Would you turn with me to Romans chapter 10? Romans chapter 10 and look at verse number nine. I'm getting ready to tell us tonight why so many people are not getting saved. You say, Pastor, I don't understand why that guy won't respond. I don't understand why he won't walk the aisle. I don't understand why that guy just con continues to resist conviction. He just, I mean, he knows. The whole family's saved, but yet he won't get right. He won't come to Christ. It's just like, it's just like he can't get saved. Are y'all listening to me tonight, Calvary? The truth of the matter is he probably can't. You know why he can't? Because the heart determines your qualification for salvation. Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with thee, 
heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Salvation is a matter of the heart. It is, is it, a, it is a decision of the heart. It's not just signing a prayer card or, or, or one, two, three, repeat after me, uh, saying some kind of little magic prayer that saves. That doesn't save you. My dear friend, salvation is a matter of the heart. And if you're a heart, yes, I can feel the Holy Ghost bearing witness tonight. And if your heart isn't right, your heart's full of bitterness and indifference and anger and malice. If your heart isn't right, I'm telling you, it's going to rob you of ever knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. Acts chapter 8, remember, Philip is dealing with the Ethiopian eunuch. In verse number 37, and Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. It's no wonder, church, that so many people are turning the gospel away. There's a heart problem. You say, man, I don't understand, preacher, why? Why is the Holy Ghost not working in that guy's heart? He probably is. But because that heart is so calloused, because that heart is so affected and so defiled with bitterness, the Holy Spirit can only do so much. Now we're done, but I want you to, we're, we're done, but I want you to turn back to Hebrews 12 real quick and we're going to bring this thing to a close. Hebrews chapter 12, we read this a while ago, but I want to draw your attention to it again. Hebrews 12, verse 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. Verse 13. And make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Church, would you look at verse 14? The writer says, follow peace with who? With all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. And then it says, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled. You know what I believe tonight? I believe that bitterness is going to send many a man to hell. And many a woman to hell. Somebody did something years ago. Somebody said something. Somebody cheated them. And I'm sorry you got cheated. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. We ought to be honest and people of integrity. But somebody cheated them. Somebody stole from them. Somebody did something malicious to them. And now for all these years, they've hung on to that and hung on to that bitterness. And you know what's happened? That bitterness has made its way to the heart and it affected their heart. And so there's a story of two monks. They were traveling to the farmland in their area to help gather the crops and they came to the river. There was an old lady that was seated there by the river and, and uh, as the monks came by, they said, is everything okay? And she said, well, she said, there's no bridge. And she said, I'm too old to try to go across the river myself. And so 
the one monk said, well, why don't we carry you across? And so they gathered hands together and they put the woman in the middle, the old woman, and they very carefully, they begin to wait across the river. And sure enough, they got her to the other side and set her down. She said, thank you so much. I appreciate it. They began to walk. They got a little way down the road. And the one monk said, would you look at my clothes? They're filthy. Ne they'll never come clean. Filthy. A little bit later, they got down the road and he said, man, my back, my back is hurting so bad. He said, my, my clothes are filthy from carrying that silly lady and my back is hurting me so bad because I had to carry that silly lady and a little bit later, they got down the road and finally he just said, I can't go any further. My back's hurting so bad. I'm, I'm aching so bad. He said, because I had to carry that woman across the river, he said, I just, I don't think I can go any further. And he just finally just collapsed on the ground. And the other monk looked at him and said, have you wondered why I'm not complaining? He said, several, several miles ago, he said, I set the old lady down. But he said, you've been carrying her now for miles and miles. You know what's going on a lot of churches? I would hope not this one. Every Sunday morning, church members walk through those doors and they're carrying. Well, you don't know what he did to me. I'll never forget it. And I'll never forgive him. And you know what? They're carrying that old lady around day after day after day after day. And the Holy Spirit comes and says, well, you need to come to the altar. Well, I would, but I, I don't think I can make it. And that bitterness has done exactly what the Word of God said it would do. Heart shot. Heart shot. You don't have to track that Christian because they're going to fall right where they are. If you're here tonight and you're carrying something, it could be from 40 years ago. There's somebody in this church, there's somebody in your family, there's somebody that's an acquaintance with you and they did something and for all this time you've just been sort of holding on, holding on, holding on, holding on. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to encourage you to do tonight. Just come to this altar and just set the old lady down tonight. Just set her down. Lord, you do what you want to do with those folks, but I'm done with that. I'm forgiving, forgetting. I'm going forward. I hope they will too, but I'm going forward with my life and I want God to use me. It could be there's a, I was going to say, it could be there's a kid and it could be, there could be a kid here tonight, but there could be a, big kid here tonight and a dad abused you many many years ago maybe even a mom maybe a cousin maybe someone maligned you did something to you and for all these years you've just been holding on to that I just want to encourage you tonight during this invitation, let's just get up here and leave the, lady, leave the old lady here tonight and go out with peace in your heart tonight. Father.
Thank you for this time we've had together. Oh, I'm so glad we had church tonight. Father, I pray that you'll work in hearts. I'm not exactly sure why you had me preach this message tonight, but I know you have a perfect plan and a perfect purpose. Father, I pray tonight that you would help us to deal with this issue of bitterness and anger and hard feelings. God, we just can't afford to, we can't afford to let those kind of things come into our life. Father, have your way now in the invitation. Save that one that's nearest hell and encourage that child of God that's discouraged. And Father, help us to help us to set that old lady down once and for all and to go forward with our life so we can serve you with all of our heart. Lord, I pray that you'll deliver some folks tonight. Deliver that one that's it's so easy to have hard feelings and so hard to let them go. But tonight, I pray they'd do it. I pray you'd give them grace. I pray you'd give them help. And I pray tonight, Lord, they'd let it go. Have your way in the invitation. Speak to hearts, please. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed. Let's all stand tonight. Hey, Calvary, let's use the altar this evening. If God spoke to your heart tonight, I want to encourage you right now. Just step out and come.